Good morning, Cincinnati, and welcome in to another edition of the Bearcat Brunch, brought to you as always by our great sponsor, Royal Lynx Golf Tours. Have you always wanted to play golf at St. Andrews? Have you ever enjoyed that perfect pint of Guinness in Ireland? Well, now you can, thanks to Royal Lynx Golf Tours, a golf tour specialist offering unforgettable golf experiences in Scotland, England, Ireland, and Wales. Their custom itineraries are more than golf trips. They are immersive, cultural, and country experiences that will surprise and delight you both on and off the course. Royal Lynx Golf Tours is owned by former Bearcat quarterback Hayden Moore and his partner, UC alum, Jeff Bartholomew. So if you'd like to play St. Andrews or Bally Bunyan, please visit their website at royallynxgolftours.com or call them directly at 770-331-1525. And with that, we are live for, uh, took a week off, but uh, we are back on a busy off-season edition now. You know, it's uh, it's been quite a couple weeks. Sorry, we couldn't, sorry we couldn't be on uh, last week. Uh, Jeff had some work things going on. I was not feeling great. So, um, you know, it is what it is, as they say. But we are back and better than ever, ready to roll, talk some Bearcats, talk some coaching staff, talk some transfer portal, some recruiting a lot of Bearcats in the NFL. Maybe touch a little bit on the bowl game. Uh, I guess this will be our only show before the bowl game, so I guess we'll need to touch on it more than a little bit since it is next Saturday. But uh, good morning, Jeff, and how are we today, and what would you like to start with? I guess we don't have a game. We don't have a, a big takeaway you know, to, to go on, so what, what would we like to discuss first? Um. You want to start with uh, let's start with with the whole coaching thing because the last time we were live, uh, Luke Fickle was our head coach. He was, <laughs> and that seems like it was so long ago. It um, does seem like a while ago now, absolutely. But uh, hold on, let me try and get this thing put out. And, and good, good morning, Holly. We're trying to get things up on the. Uh, we're lacking a producer today. Yeah, we're trying to trying to get some things going here. So I'm gonna get some stuff up on the Twitter. For some reason, I I can't I literally I can't see the chat. So I don't know what's going on with that. Yeah, this computer. Um, all right. So Scott Satterfield, App State, Louisville, Cincinnati. Uh, let me get to something real quick to John White's question, not kicking things off with the shootout. No, this is a, a heavy football show. Uh, we might talk about it at the end, but this is this is a football centric show. There will be, believe me, there will be plenty of shootout discussion tomorrow night, uh, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, whatever night we Bearcat Journal pod that is. I don't even know yet because I don't know the basketball schedule when their next game is, uh, but there will be tons to talk about for that. We're going to stick to some, to some football stuff in this one. Yeah. Uh, you'll hear more about army Navy than that game here. So I did, so. I did get it. I did, was able to get it up on the Twitter as did you. So, yeah. uh, 
See, we're we're, we're we trying. We're trying. Amateurs, we're not just a couple. But, uh, we're not just a couple of pretty faces on this show. Well, Although something's going haywire with my thing, and I can't. I literally can't see the chat. I can't like obviously I have a green screen behind me, and there's nothing there anymore. <laughs> it's just green. So whatever. Um. All right. So I know I said this on Tuesday. I'm gonna say it again here for anybody that uh, wasn't there Tuesday to hear it. Uh, when the name popped up, obviously it wasn't a name. Um, wasn't really a name that I like considered because I didn't even really know it. Um, and it was a little bit like, I don't know. I guess you feel like maybe, maybe you get to this like point as a fan when you have a coach like Luke Figgle who's been around for a while. Uh, you've had some success. You feel like everybody, um, and their brothers waiting for that specific job to come open so that they can take it. Um, and maybe that was the case. Maybe there was like a, I don't know, hugely extensive list, but I don't think it included, you know, the, some of the big time crazy names that everybody was throwing around, uh, myself included, uh, this network included. Um, do not throw me in that group. Dave uh, has already went out and purchased a Prime T-shirt um, that he was going to wear. I was, I was, ne- I was never <laughs> on that on that train. So, so uh, across, but the name comes up. You see it. Um, went ahead and started looking into it because I wasn't. It didn't do like trigger any endorphins or anything crazy in my head about like, oh yeah, that's the guy. Um, but upon further review. I think I think we've uh, landed a, a pretty solid head coach that you know kind of has a, a grasp over what he needs to do here, um, especially with the hiring or re- retention of Kerry Combs, like the master key to the local recruiting scene. For sure, I mean, I've, I've given my I think I've talked enough about mm-hmm. you know when it when it first happened instantly, and then also. Monday night, there's not a lot new that <clears throat> I have a, on, you know, just the hire in and of itself. But, yeah, you're starting to see a coaching staff come into focus, and I think this will be a good opportunity for us to kind of be a little newsy and just kind of give people an update on where things stand as far as coaching staff, guys in the portal, guys, you know, opting out of the bowl game. I'm not, I think there are going to be more guys opting out of the bowl game, but I'm not going to name names because they would obviously have an announcement and that's just an opinion. I'm, it's not like I'm sitting on something and so-and-so player is going to announce it on Wednesday and I'm letting him do that. Like I just, it just makes sense that some other people might do that as well, but we'll get into kind of like a, a little bit of a newsy thing on here. Um, just looking at, you know, you have Scott Satterfield as the head coach. Offensively, the staff is Pete Thomas coming with him from Louisville as the quarterback coach. And to this point, kind of seems to be, you know, out there off, you know, on the recruiting front. He's throwing around some offers to some, some 2024 high school quarterbacks that are pretty highly regarded. It seems like he might have some ins, inroads in Maryland too. So Brian Sims, who's a current commit, uh, goes to a pretty prestigious, pretty well um, high school in in Maryland, and his quarterback was offered 
by UC who had a Louisville offer. So there's there's some connection with Pete in that program, in that school. They had their running back just decommitted from Boston College. So, we'll, I mean, I don't know if we'll go after him at all, but, I mean, there is a connection there on multiple levels. And then you have Nick Cardwell, offensive line coach, also comes from um, comes from Louisville, has some experience with Scott. I think played for Scott at App State, offensive line coach at App State. We obviously saw Luke Kandra transfer from Louisville back home, elder grad to Cincinnati. He, he talks well of uh, Nick Cardwell. I think players seem to – at Louisville seemed to like him a lot. And then that's it on offense right now. And then defensively, you obviously have Kerry Combs three year contract, which is something you basically never see <laughs> from an assistant coach that is not, I guess he's a coordinator, he's a special teams coordinator, but outside of an offensive defensive coordinator, that is a very rare uh, contract, which to me says two things. One, we really, really didn't want to lose him and two hello big 12 money right and because why else, i mean what else do you know you're not just gonna you don't get a larger salary pool and just start automatically like getting random dudes from all over the place who are really highly sought after like you still want the continuity you're still gonna satterfield was always gonna bring some of his guys he might bring more he might not i have no idea but you're guys are just going to get pay bumps. That's just how it works. Like you're not just hand picking. It's not like you're going down the grocery aisle. Undeserved, like, undeservedly so on some of them. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's not like you're going down the grocery aisle going, I'll take one of these and I'll take one. Like it has right. to make sense. Like you have yeah. to, you're not just getting 10 random assistant coaches because you have more money to spend. Um, so then Brian Brown, defensive coordinator, not sure exactly what position he's going to coach. He has coached DBs in the past. Um, they said Kerry would be the secondary coach, so we'll see what position he also coaches. And then Derek Nicholson, linebackers coach, uh, coming from <clears throat> Louisville as well. So that leaves four bodies, four people that they can hire. How they divvy up the roles is, is yet to be determined, but – but you have four, four spots of your 10 on-field assistant coaches still to be hired. Obviously, offensive coordinator is the biggest of that lot, um, but you're looking at likely a wide receiver coach as well, tight end coach, defensive line coach. Those are kind of, if you were pegging them as like roles, those are or how you would go about it. But um, the offensive coordinator will also coach a position, so it, you basically have four people left um, to hire on field. So, you know, obviously carries the big one there. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, we we said it that he's the I called him the master key to the local recruiting scene. Um, obviously, there was one kid on uh, I think one kid on Louisville's team uh, from the Cincinnati area, and he's transferring back uh, through the portal. Uh, back to UC, Luke Kander, who you mentioned. So this kind of gives Scott the the ability to to make connections a little bit that that little bit quicker with high school coaches in the area. Um, and we all know how important that is because when you don't make those connections with high school coaches in the area, 
things don't necessarily go well for you here. Um, and it doesn't seem, I mean, maybe, I know that Scott was up here and he recruited Evan Prater. Uh, that was mentioned. He recruited Corey Kiner. He just didn't land a lot. I mean, I think the only, the one that he won was Luke Kander and now he's coming back with him. So to have Kerry Combs on the staff, I think is the most important. I know that Pete Thomas, the quarterback coach, we've mentioned that he had, there were some connections with uh, California, like a California quarterback pipeline, but we weren't really sure how much of that was um, the, the NIL money. I mean, obviously there's relationships and things built there, but there's some Adidas NIL money and things going on with that. Um, I, I believe the running backs coach, Darrell Sims, uh, is also coming back, right? Do we, do we talk yes, about I, him? Yes, I did. I didn't okay. forget that. Yeah. Um, yeah, Darrell Sims, uh, running back coach, from Louisville as well. Was at East Carolina prior to Louisville, recruited Keaton Mitchell, recruited Rajay um, Harris. So, you know, obviously helped develop those guys as well. I think he's only been at Louisville for one or two years. Um, so has a good eye for, I mean, Rajay, or Keaton Mitchell was one, you know, a low 80s rated recruit uh, when he went to East Carolina. So has a good eye for talent can also, you know, develop, um, you know, Louisville rush granted, uh, quarterback had a lot to do with that as well, but their two main running backs around 1200 yards, 1300 yards, about six yards of carry. So they, they ran the ball fairly, fairly well, uh, this past year, but, uh, yeah, sorry. I forgot. I did forget to mention him, but it st- doesn't still change still four spots. Um, to me, care, the carry thing is like, I think he's a, a good coach. I'm not going to go as far as to be like from an X's and O's standpoint. He's like a really good coach, a premier defensive backs coach. I mean, the special teams was really good again. That's just part of that's. I mean, I think that's an important thing for Fickle. We'll see how important it is for, for Satterfield. I mean, certain teams really, really care about it. And you can tell the ones that, that don't, they just kind of give special teams to a coach and, and it's, it's not the emphasis that it is at UC. So keeping carry there, I think we'll keep it as a pretty big emphasis. Um, but to me, more than anything, it is, it is the keeping the, just the mind, the Bearcat mindset, the Cincinnati mindset, the, the, yes, of course we want to recruit Cincinnati, but it's like in, inside the program, the mindset, you know, Satterfield's going to come in. He's going to have his way of doing things. I mean, it's going to be different than, the way that Coach Fickle did things. That's just human nature. That's just how coaching changes work. But being able to keep carry kind of allows, you know, the, the tough and nasty, the bear cat, the black cat, whatever analogy, whatever term you want to throw around, like it allows that to still be in the locker room. It allows that to be comfortable for the players. And, and I think that was hugely important. And like you said, like that allows him to help Scott and whatever other coaches need to like make the introductions in the, I mean, I'm sure they already know a lot of these guys, but it's a lot different when Carrie walks into a school with mm-hmm. you, than if you're just walking in the school by yourself, like he's not getting stopped walking to the coach's office. Like, you know, some new assistant is going to the front desk saying I'm X from UC. Can I please speak to, whatever head coach like exactly carrie has that relationship he's you know the way schools are now yes he's probably checking in somewhere but like he knows exactly where to go he knows 
he knows what to do. Um, can you can you carry this for a second? I'm yep. Sorry, I got to jump off real quick. Absolutely. So his point that that carry is not getting stopped going in uh, to make the introductions, like I said, so that Scott can kind of hit the ground running, and and the rest of the recruits recruiters can also do that. Um, while he's jumped away, I'll I'll pop through some of the um, guys over here that have um, hit the portal since since um, the coaching change has happened. And unfortunately, I can't see the chat. So if you're firing some things off, I apologize. Um, obviously, on November 27th, we had JQ Hardaway. Um, unfortunate cornerback he hit. He has not um, gone anywhere. Uh, according to the portal yet, actually none of them have signed. And anybody that, from UC that's gone into the portal hasn't um, looked like been picked up anywhere. Uh, JoJo Bermudez, wide receiver. Uh, Jake Renfro, that one that one hurts. Uh, losing him. Jaquan Shepard, uh, wide receiver. Ryan Coe, our kicker. So I think we're, uh, I can't remember who Chad said. Uh, will be will be kicking for us in the bowl game. We already talked about Lucandra, Noah Potter, uh, who came here, I believe, from Ohio State. Uh, Four-star guy, he defensive lineman, uh, productive, gone. Uh, Jaden Thompson, who started to kind of show out towards the end of the year there, gone into the portal. Leori Bowers, safety into the portal. Mario Eugenio, uh, also into the portal, and... Yesterday, Patrick Body Jr., um, another wide receiver, has gone into the portal. Um, on the defensive side of things, coming from Louisville, Brian Brown has come up here um, following Scott Satterfield, and he had the uh, defense down there. I spoke on this on Tuesday. Their defense was also uh, a pretty aggressive defense. Um, tackles for lost sacks, they did tend to give up a lot of big plays. Um, I think that was more of an issue early on in the season for them. Um, I, I don't know that that, obviously I didn't watch like a ton of Louisville football last year, so I don't know that um, it how big of an issue it became towards the end of the year, but they do seem to kind of have the same mindset on defense that that UC had. Yeah, they seem they play the. It seems like they play three three five with a little bit more pressure from their linebackers. So I mean, I've tried to watch a little bit, and I've seen a lot where they're like bringing four or five guys with two rushers, kind of at, towards the snap. Um, did you get to some of these questions while I was going? I can't see the chat. Oh, you so. can't. No, I can't see the chat, so I <laughs> um, right. I don't know what's going well, here, on I'll, with that. We'll get we'll get some of them uh, <clears throat> in here. Uh, Kevin asked, "What's going on with the indoor practice facility? When are they going to start breaking ground? I think soon. Um, we don't really have anything confirmed, um, but." At least nothing that I've seen, but the rumblings that I've heard say fairly soon, um, which would be good. Scott <laughs> has, Scott's mentioned wanting to help put that shovel in the ground, so that's right. Uh, Eric talked about mentioned Amari Gainer 
from Florida State. Yes, Florida State linebacker transfer Amari Gaynor is in town for a visit. We'll see how that goes. Just keep an eye on his teammate Keyshawn Helton from SFU as well. Good, good one. We'll, we'll, I'll definitely do some digging there. Amari Gaynor uh, posted on the board. Interesting one. You don't see this often when a guy enters the transfer portal. The head coach retweeting his like I'm entering the portal tweet and just like throwing tons of praise on like how good of a guy, how good of a leader, all these things are. And he, I mean, he's a good player too. He's their current leading like career tackle leader. Has over like has over 200 tackles. Uh, you know, so I think it was a matter of positional. They're moving. They are. They're moving to more of a four-two-five. And it seemed like he's not quite an end in a four-down alignment, but not really a middle linebacker when you only have two linebackers on the field. So it might be something more in the in the positional reason is why he's leaving because he clearly is a well-liked guy and. Um, productive as well. So it's, there's you know got to be something along those lines. Uh, let's see what else do we got here. Any chance? John asks any chance our guys who entered the portal come back? We did go over all of the guys that have gone into the portal. Since, oh, okay. Uh, <clears throat> I had that pulled up. So you talked about that. Well, I I just I just went down the list of them, uh, starting with JQ. Um, unfortunate. Uh, for him, because yeah. I know he he's pretty high on a lot of people's lists as uh, as a dude, um, but none of them none of them have have committed elsewhere. There's always the chance um, with this group that is in, based on what I know slash think. I don't see it happening, but that that doesn't mean it won't um you know some of these guys especially the the young the younger ones not a not necessarily a surprise um for multiple reasons you know new staff they weren't mm-hmm. recruited by these guys they don't have that relationship so um my my thing that i that i brought up was that uh you know like a lot of the guys that I would think that it would be more of a potential that the guys that hit the portal like right away when Luke left would maybe have a chance of being able to be brought back um, as opposed to the guys that left into the portal after the new staff gets there and has have a chance to speak with, with the new head coach, maybe as some of these position coaches come in and they have a chance to talk to them and kind of figure out the way that the program's going to run and how well they fit together um that those guys when they hit the portal it's kind of maybe it's understood on my end and it might not be this way but they've had a conversation with the new coaching staff um and have come to some sort of you know decision here now that like uh, this isn't going to work for me going forward um i need to hit the portal Whereas yeah the other guys I, may have hit it on emotion alone like luke's gone i'm out of here I I think, you know, I, I it's hard for me to, but the, I mean, the new coaches aren't going to really know much about these guys. Mm-hmm. So, you know, obviously they'd love to have a Ryan Coe or Jaden Thompson back. Um, but like the young guys that have never played, I don't think they're going to spend too much time 
trying to get them to come back. Um, be- just because they need, uh, they need, they need to work on guys that they can bring in guys. They know whether it's through high school, whether it's through transfer portal stuff, um, you know, then the older guys, they're like, well, I don't know any of these. Like, I know a Potter, for instance. He's already transferred once, came mm-hmm. here to play for Luke. Luke leaves. You know, it's it's hard to imagine a guy like that sticking around. So, I don't see about any of these guys coming back. Could be wrong. You know, you have some that I wish would stay, obviously. Jaden Thompson, Ryan Coe, Jake, uh, Juan Shepard. JQ, Q. but yeah, if they did, the thing is, is like if they decide that that moving on is best for them, and hey, like have at it. They're you know most of them are you know they they've had some time here, and if the new staff doesn't, if they're not meshing well with that new staff, or they they believe that they have opportunity somewhere else to play more, show what they've got. Have at it. Wish you the best. Uh, but it kind of lands in the same boat as like as Luke Fickle. Like, see you later. Thanks for your time here. Um, I'm not really going to like super follow any of these guys. No, um, as no. they as they leave and go somewhere else. But I don't have any ill will towards any of them. No, Jeffrey asks, "Aren't we also four two? No, we're more three three five. With, I guess sometimes like fourth guy kind of coming down and hanging." But it's still a linebacker. It's not a traditional like two defensive tackles, two defensive ends. Um, UCF super fan says if JQ commits to UCF, then we'll know he was a spy. If JQ now I know Jaquan Shepard has the final two of Maryland and UCF, but if JQ Hardaway goes to UCF, that means things fell apart because like Tennessee, uh, several other like. High level power fives are interested in him, so I don't see him going to UCF. But you know, who knows? I don't want to see that either. Maybe, I, maybe I get to cheer for him next year as a ball. Who knows? No, there you go. And that see in that situation, you then would follow him. Post, they need they need defensive backs badly, so I'm sure they're you know they're they're trying their hardest with him. But um, you know, then we have recruiting weekend. We kind of talked about it on the board. Plenty of info. We're not going to just run down everybody on here. That's basically go to the board. Check that out. Lots of good stuff on there. Mm-hmm. But they're kind of doing it as like two recruiting weekends in one. If you saw the tweet from Amari Gaynor, you had a traditional Friday, Saturday, which was a lot of the high school kids that are already committed to UC and some high school kids that were can, are committed to Louisville, were committed to Louisville. And then they're also doing like a Sunday, Monday, because in his tweet, the graphic said December 11th and 12th, which is out of the ordinary. You usually just come in on a Friday, all day Friday, all day Saturday, bre- you know, breakfast on Sunday, uh, leave leave Sunday sometime. But now they're looks like they're going to be doing some transfers, at least, obviously, at least one. We'll see if there's others. Um on the 11th today and tomorrow, rolling right into another visit weekend next weekend. We'll see if what that entails. But, yeah, they've got a lot of ground to make up. And first and foremost, got to get 
firmed up commitments from as many of the guys in the current class as possible. Yes, the coaches have a lot of the coaches have left, but they also committed to UC because they just liked UC. They, you know, coaches big part of that, but they have a pull to UC. So you want to try to, you know, keep as many of them as you can while supplementing with other high school kids that you have strong relationships with. Obviously, the portal will be huge, but I feel like I've said this a million times. Like, you cannot take kids just to fill spots that you aren't sure can play because with the 25 rule being gone, which is you can before you could only have 25 guys in each class, 85 scholarship players total. That is gone. So you could take a smaller class this year and have a much bigger one next year, whether it's high school kids transfers and still be at your 85 without adding a bunch. Like this team does not need a bunch of freshmen just being on the roster. I mean, we talked about that though, but even before the coaching change, right. That they didn't need a bunch of freshmen, that they needed some older guys, some more experienced guys. It's the, it's the way of, um, the way of, of football now in the NCAA. Um, you, you're not going to you know, have a, a big pendulum swing of your momentum uh, just with a, a big class of freshmen. Uh, interestingly enough, reference Amari Gaynor, uh, some folks in here probably, and I do have the chat back now, so that's awesome. Um, you're welcome. Uh, thanks. Uh, thanks that, to Aaron. He jumped, yeah, in, the, he I jumped see that. in the chat and, and but, told, we forgot we turned it off. Um, or I forgot we turned it off for the interview we did with Brian Fox and John Cunningham. Copy. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers the the last um, time we had a, a linebacker transfer come from Florida State, um, and that was Jeff Luck, Luke. I never say his last name right, um, but he did pretty well for us here, and there was a story that was shared um, about him when he got here that he was able to uh, rip somebody's face mask right off of their helmet uh, during practice. So that's that's a uh, an interesting story. I think yes, Natalie, and I don't know if it's Luck or Luke. I can never I never say it right. So, but Jeff Luck was a a linebacker transfer from Florida State. So I came here. I was like in the, what, 2013, 12, something like that? Yeah, I think so. Um, Natalie asked, are we still waiting on current roster guys to say I'm staying, or will those guys decide announce after? It's kind of whenever. Um, you know, you obviously, Trey Tucker, Josh Wiley will not play in the ballgame. They've made their announcements, and Trey Tucker's was fairly obvious when he got the – Senior Bowl invite, you usually don't um, – there's really no reason to you play, don't go in, play the, in that in and the then Fenway Bowl. Um, <laughs> Josh Wiley, the same. Now, now two guys uh, interesting that have not said anything yet are Charles McClellan and Lenny Taylor because Charles McClellan was invited to the Hula Bowl and Lenny Taylor was invited to the East-West Shrine game. So, you know – Conventional wisdom says they're not going to play, but then we saw they were at practice the other day in the B-roll 
that the news were shooting actually saw like Charles McClellan carrying the ball. So maybe he does play. I, I don't know. Um, we might just have to wait and see. Yeah. Um, that's going to be interesting to see um, who who's actually lining up where um, during the bowl game. Uh, I know that we've kind of like talked about how it's strange. I, I did look to see about maybe uh, going up there for the bowl game just because I've always wanted to go to Fenway and it might be the cheapest ticket to get into Fenway um, of all time, even though it's not a <laughs> baseball game. They were tickets oh, yeah. that are, like, ticket, tickets are are like 20. I think there, I saw a group, a large group of tickets between like 20 and $50 a ticket. Um, if flights weren't outrageously expensive, uh, I would have grabbed some tickets in the, and headed up there with my, my oldest, but there, unfortunately it's a, you know, it's like a 12 and a half hour drive otherwise. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I'm not trying to do that on, on, on Friday go to the game Saturday and they drive back 12 hours on, on Sunday. Uh, that would be a little ridiculous. Yeah. I think, I think they will be, you know, obviously if Jane Thompson's in the portal and Nick Marner's in the portal and Trey Tucker's already announced, like you can put two and two together and say wide receiver is going to be a thin position. Yeah. Nick Marner's not listed in the portal over here. Yeah, I noticed he wasn't in the 24-7 listing. I mean, he obviously said he was entering the portal, but um, – and then you have JQ, you have Jaquan Shepard, you know, Arquan Bush is an older guy, no idea if he's going to play or not. Uh, Lee, you know, some well, other Lee. guys may or may not play. So corner could be a, a thinned-out position as well. But from everything I've heard, like there was a lot better participation the other day than than I was expecting, especially on the defensive side. Like, sounds like the the main guys. Now, obviously, things can still change, but you're only a week out, so like you're you're going to travel in a couple of days. Yeah. So if you weren't going to play, why would you be practicing all of last week? Doesn't make a ton of sense to me. Um, but you know, defensively should. Should be a lot of the main guys. We'll see if Dante can play. I mean, he obviously didn't play their last game, so we don't know his health status. And we know he's all in on all in. <laughs> he's all all in all the way. <laughs> so if he um, can play, I assume he'll be out there. Natalie said, yeah. So she was talking more about guys coming back for the 2023 season. Okay. So um, the biggest one that I can think of that has like a true – NFL decision to make is Tyler Scott. Don't know anything about that decision. Uh, I'm sure it'll come public soon. And then there's obviously some guys that have six that still could come back for the COVID year. Um, have not seen anything or really heard anything. I think that stuff is all going to, there's so much, go <clears throat> it's just a lot different with the coaching change. There's so much going on with, the new coaches, you, you know, they might have had a conversation with Fickle, but now with a new coach, maybe they're like, I'm definitely not coming back. Or maybe they're thinking, well, this is my chance at kind of like a fresh start. Chance to and to impress a new coach and maybe get more playing time than I was getting. So there's just so many variables that go into all that. It's hard to handicap it, hard to really judge who's going to do what. 
Um, I think Malik would have a chance to play in the bowl game if he wanted to. I, I, I don't know if he's been going through practice. Um, I mean, he went through a lot of things before the Tulane game. I don't really think it was ever an option for him to play in that game. But, hmm. you know, we'll see. I mean, he could he could still come back. He, he, still could, got a year. he could. He actually could uh, still technically come back. And we haven't we haven't seen we haven't seen anything one way or the other with him as far as like I, I know uh, he's been he's been here for a while so you know does he want to yeah does he want to just he has he has the chance to be a Jabari Taylor uh, Will Huber type. Speaking of Jabari Taylor, the interview he did uh, in the bubble the other day, uh, uh, it instilled some. You know, a little bit of run through the wall for I, that, I haven't that got, kind of I guy. I didn't get to didn't get to watch it. What did what did he say? I mean, he he just talked about like finishing out the you know wanting to finish it out the the right way and be out there uplifting guys and you know things like this happen and just just the 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 way he you know he spoke on having the seniors out there wanting to finish it out well with those guys wanting to finish his career with a win, all those kinds of things, and then you know Wilson Huber. Uh, basically echoed a lot of that whenever when he spoke um, and they followed obviously Kerry Combs who uh, when when he I mean I know I know he probably isn't looking for another career when he's done uh, at, with his football coaching stuff but as a motivational speaker like that, <laughs> that guy and maybe he already does motivational speaking stuff somewhere I don't know but holy cow um, that right there really his interview they're kind of solidified the like you've gotta like you gotta go make sure whatever you need oh, to do yeah. to him I mean, to come back. To me it, it was always a what does Kerry want to do? It was never like Yeah. He could have retired. Um I did not see knowing <clears throat> knowing his family, knowing the extended family, like I did not see him uprooting again and like going to Wisconsin. Going to Wisconsin, going to some of like I saw him retiring, staying at UC. Um, Cole yeah. Rain's got a head coaching spot open. Cole Rain does. The University of Dayton was looking is is still, I believe, in looking for a head coach. He went to UD. Um, their last coach built a pretty darn good good program. So um, I'm sure, or you know, it wouldn't surprise me if they showed some interest in him, and maybe he looked at it as like that one last chance to be the, the college head coach type situation. Um, so, but yeah, it's super. But, 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 but even that, like, I would have thought that maybe, maybe he would like that last chance to be a head coach until his comments. Like he kind of, you know, he, he's just one of those guys that gets it. Like, you know, he realizes that, uh, that no one name is is more important than the program, uh, and I'm not saying that Luke thought that way at all. I don't believe he did. Um, I, we've been kind of blessed around here to have some coaches that didn't necessarily think that. Um, and, and he pointed out, he's like, you know, the the guy that sits at the end of the hall, you know, is far less important than the kids that are sitting in that in the locker room. Um, and you know somebody tried to sneak a question in at that point in time because we didn't know if he was coming back or not and he was like this ain't, this ain't about carrie Combs." 
It's about these boys. So yeah, you. I mean, they've gone. Those the guys have gone through a lot. Like you got to build them back up. You got to reemphasize that. Like yeah, Luke did and his staff and did a lot of good things. But you were a main reason why those good things were able to happen. So yes, things have gotten crazy. Things have been you know unforeseen changes. But like you can still you know you still matter. You still have a chance for another ten win season. Like. You know, that would be five and five t- double digit win seasons in a row. That, that happens very rarely anywhere around the country, not just like the the premier blue bloods of the country see that sometimes like some runs like that. So and, and as awful as awful as having a bowl game on December seventeenth is, um it's kind of like it's almost like a blessing that the game is it, it was like there wasn't a lot of time for these guys to like sit around and be like, oh, you know, our head coach left us. Like all oh, these guys, like they just had to kind of roll right back into in the you know full on practice, getting ready, preparing for another game. Um, and, and I I think hopefully that kind of you know the guys that that are still here wanted to st- are still in that like playing mode of like I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like throw away this last chance to play with my 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 boys or my buddies, like whatever. Right. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, if the game was say after Christmas or something, this definitely makes you snap back into like get get that stuff out of your head. You're done with finals. Like you just concentrate uh, on football for a couple of weeks, and then and then you're done. And you can <clears throat> take the time to make the decisions that you that you want to make. And, and I don't and even don't, know. If, I don't even know if they had. I don't know when UC's like quarter or whatever ends, but like, I don't even know if they really had time to go home for, you know, like what, cause I'm pretty sure when games are after Christmas, there's, there's a, a time where like, you know, the, the guys go home and. Oh yeah. Uh, for sure. Cause I remember like when my, my buddy played at Notre Dame way back when, and they were in the, the sugar bowl and he came home and actually ended up flying from like his flight yeah, was from a, here. A lot of them do that. Cause they give them, they basically the give them like travel money and then they can get the cheapest flight they want and then pocket the rest. And then they end up yeah. flying. Then I, I don't know if they still do that, but yeah, they definitely used to do that where I think now they all come back and then they fly down together. But I definitely remember that like guys would get like two or $3,000 to find a flight and they would, you know, spend 400 bucks on some flight that takes like six layovers. And Oh yeah. And, and put then, the rest of the money in their pocket. Keep the, yeah. keep the rest. But yeah, so, so like I mean, they we'll didn't see. even have that chance to like go home and have have family and friends kind of be like, oh, do you really like is this really you know what you want to do? You just want to pack this in maybe and move on to your next next stop or whatever whatever some of these guys are gonna do. For sure. So it's it sounds like there's there's good energy, they're you know. I don't think we're gonna. I don't think we're gonna see one of those classic SEC didn't want to be here bowl performances. Now they may not no. win. They may not play well. I mean, you're down to like five co- coaches. I think you have Nate Letton. You have Carey. You have uh, Walt. You've got James Ross. Think that. I don't know. I do not think Gino is involved. I do not know about Mike Cummings. Uh, 
<clears throat> so you have like five coaches. You're going to have quality control guys and grad assistants. And so who, who knows how it's going to go? Yeah. But, and but it's I, all on the same sidelines. And Louisville's frankly in like a worse situation coaching wise. Cause they obviously have no head coach. They have the five guys that have come over to UC already. Then their offensive coordinator just took the Western Michigan job. So I don't think he's involved in the ball game. I think their strength and conditioning coach, who obviously doesn't have a lot to do it like this, into the, but still like getting guys. Yeah, he went ready to Arkansas. Like, he left for Arkansas, um, but they got they got Jeff Brown back. So they do. Maybe he can. The prodigal son has returned. That's right. Um, but yeah, it should, it should be interesting. You know, same sideline, baseball stadium, half the coaching staffs for both teams, players. You know. Players opting out. You know, Malik Cunningham's not going to play. Their backup quarterback is not good, uh, just to put it mildly. So, you know, we'll see what the the defense can do to to that. Uh, but yeah, should be should be great. Should be a whole whole exciting eleven a.m. kickoff Saturday. That, that was another thing they asked, they asked Jabari Taylor about that about you know both teams on the same sideline if he'd ever like encountered that before and he was like. No man, that's weird as hell. Like, like <laughs> I, I don't. And Wilson Huber was like, I'm, "I'll keep my guys in line." Like, he's like, "I think I you should just let them let them go." Uh, just put everybody. What they should do? Just put everybody in one thing, and then just call out positions, and whoever runs out there from whichever team, just a, it's just a backyard. Like, I mean, what, what is, Thanksgiving they put, Day like, Turkey Bowl like barricades? Like, how do you actually keep the sidelines separated? Like, what are they going to do? There's going to be some, maybe some Gatorade jugs, probably the keg of nails in the middle. <laughs> um, I think they should have put Scott Satterfield up on like a lifeguard's chair in the middle there, and he can just <laughs> kind of like yell to to both to sidelines. Both sides. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, that would be. I think that, but that would be more beneficial to the Louisville side. Uh, well, no, he, what if he told him to do like the wrong thing? Uh, and then they had yeah, to figure out if he was like screwing with them or not. Messing with them or not. They're uh, <laughs> going through that. I, I don't know. It's going to be a very, it's a very interesting situation that they've got going. Like, I don't know how they couldn't orient the field so that you could have teams on both sides. It just doesn't seem like a, uh, a, a good idea. I don't know. Um, Will certainly be interesting. They did ask Kerry Combs if he um, uh, actually it was Chad asked Kerry Combs if if they were going to implement the the classic Kerry Combs triple option. Um, he said that uh, I think they they attempt. I don't know if he's joking about it or what, but he said they tried to put it in and they uh, these guys weren't ready for that. So probably won't see uh, see too much full on triple option. Although if you're going to do it, like I mean Evan Prater is probably you're uh, a, a solid quarterback to, to run a, a triple option offense through with his uh, athletic abilities and running, uh, being a probably more of a, a running kind of quarterback. Oh, I think it would be awesome. Like if, if Chuck plays and you have Evan Kiner, Chuck and Monty, like, you know, doing the triple option, that would be hilarious. Now it's pretty hard to implement in uh in one week. In one week. Work of practice when you've never done it before, especially from a, from a blocking standpoint. I was gonna so say, and I don't think I don't it's I mean pretty how unreal, many of these kids pretty unrealistic, came, but uh <laughs> how many of them came from a triple option? Like 
like Wyoming doesn't run a triple option. I don't think Roger Bacon runs a triple option. Like, no, Roger Bacon so, ran give the ball to Corey Kiner every yes, play. Yes, exactly. They they got on his shoulder and let him carry him as far as they would go. But um, it would be it would be funny if if uh, they did throw in a couple couple of wrinkles. That would that would be enjoyable. But uh, a couple of things like that. Huh? It's, but, you know, I think we'll still have. You know, obviously we're going to have plenty of news. So stick with the. Stick with the board. <clears throat> Stick with us on Twitter. Like we're gonna have a lot of transfer stuff still going on. A lot of Mick, I'm sure, will have reaction to the visits. Still have coaches to hire. I don't know if I, I don't know if it'll be quiet this week until after the bowl game. Or you know, I know well, Scott had put an emphasis on trying to find his strength and conditioning coach as quickly as possible. But I'm not sure with like. Bowl games kicking up and stuff like that. Like how quickly you'll hear an offensive coordinator hire. That person could be, could be, co- you know, I would imagine they're still coaching. Um, yeah. But, and maybe doesn't want it out there unless until after the game or who knows. With, with co- like the coaching, the assistant coaching carousel will go on for a long time. Like it feels like. The head coaching carousel went very fast this year. There's only about four or five jobs still open, and none of them will cause like a big domino effect. Um, yeah. Now, granted, the NFL could still throw a huge wrench into all of this on a national level when they fire their six or seven guys in January and undoubtedly target a Jim Harbaugh. Like Jim Harbaugh to the Colts is like one of the most slam dunk things ever that they're going to try, not that he's going to necessarily go. Yeah. But uh, Jim Ursay wanting Captain Comeback to come coach the Colts seems pretty damn obvious to me. So so we'll see if he's able to persuade him to do that. Obviously, that would could possibly set off, you know, huge dominoes. Another, in- another round. Yeah. So, but the assistant coaching moving and shaking is, is going to go on for a while. So I don't know if we'll necessarily hear something uh, – you know, this week or not, but we'll definitely be hearing stuff from recruits, from transfers. That's there's over a thousand guys in the portal. I mean, I saw it the other day. There were already over a hundred wide receivers and over two hundred DBs in the portal. And the thing with the portal, like, yeah, those guys aren't guaranteed spots somewhere else. No, so, absolutely not. And I know that we talk about it that like, like the portal, the portal technically is open behind closed doors before that with you know there's still that kind of thing going on where it's like hey dave you want to come play here like you know if you hit the portal like you see the the quarterback from boston college pete jerkovich the uh because he came from uh he's from like from notre dame yeah from notre dame went to bc i think he's from pittsburgh like he entered the portal and practically like committed to pit it within the same tweets it was it was that fast, <laughs> so yeah. There, it's impossible to enter the portal on December fifth and go on a visit December eighth uh, without maybe a little bit of behind the scenes conversations happening and, and things of that nature. So, a lot of that still going on. Uh, we'll see what happens next week with visits because they pretty much brought in almost every current commit. Um, some either didn't come because they didn't want to. Some didn't come because they had something else going on or couldn't make it. So we'll see if any of those guys come this coming weekend for a visit. Uh, but 
I'm thinking it'll be a lot of transfers if they have more guys visit, you know, while the bowl game is going on. You know, Coach Satterfield has talked about having recruits in and watching the game. So we'll we'll yeah. see what that what that does. Uh, I do love what Natalie said. She's hoping that a Louisville player during the game takes his jersey off and comes and tra- <laughs> comes and puts what you see one on, transfers over during the game. That would be pretty hilarious. I mean that that essentially is what happened with Satterfield. <laughs> like, have you ever? I know this is this is bouncing back in a little bit of speculative talk here, or whatever. But you, have you ever? Like, can you remember um, a head coach leaving one school to go to another? Like when the bowl after the bowl game's been announced. I do. I do not know of any situation where <clears throat> the coach is leaving one school to go to the. To another, and they are playing each other in a bowl game. I I don't know of any situation like that. I mean, it's similar to. I mean, I know that like sometimes in baseball, it you know it happens rarely, but it does happen where like a guy gets traded and switches clubhouses in the middle of the game or right before a game starts. Uh, yeah. So hold on. Oh, and Natalie says she. She'll never forgive Luke Pandra for bypassing this opportunity. Like, I, I think that would have been hilarious, Natalie, to see a guy like he's like in the middle of the game, just drops his helmet, takes his shoulder pads and jersey off, and he's like, he just walks right down around whatever barricade they have. Maybe even he just brings the keg of nails over. Maybe waits till the end of the game. UC wins, and and that guy like rips his Louisville jersey off and comes running over with the. Uh, with the, the keg of nails over his head to to bring it and deliver it to uh, to the UC half of the sideline. That was my idea, Dave. What's that? It's, instead of instead of like fourth quarter swapping hats, you wait till UC wins the game. Drop you go all ce- your go celebrate your, in the locker yeah, room. You drop all your Louisville gear on the field and then you deliver the keg of nails over to the <laughs> UC half of the sideline. Go, go celebrate with your new winning team. With your new, with your new teammates, like you always have the keg of nails. Because it's right. like they're gonna play again after yeah. this. So, um, it's so, all, 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 all in good fun. Um, Were you ready um, to talk about the big, the big Bearcats in the NFL news? This is the first. I think this is the first week where we're not gonna lead off with the same guy, the Sauce Gardner. Yeah. Hey, the the Falcons. So the news is the Falcons are going to start Desmond Ritter uh, next week. They're on a bye next week when they play the Saints. And all I have to say is, you're about a month too late now that you're out of the the playoff picture in what is a yeah. dreadful dreadful NFC South. Um, you know the Falcons have slipped now to five and eight. And if you did this a couple weeks ago, maybe you'd have a chance to be in first place. Because Tampa Bay is terrible as well. I did not know that the Falcons were on a bye this week. I'm a little bit disappointed, uh, but I guess it may maybe maybe that was their plan all along was to wait till their bye week. Um, I think it's a silly plan, especially with their bye week being so late uh, in the in the season. <laughs> but um, it's a silly yeah, be... plan because they were in playoff contention yeah. and they were getting nothing out of their quarterback. I was going to say, it wasn't like, it wasn't like he was lighting the world on fire no, down there. And, and that in, was the reason they weren't in it because he was carrying them. Exactly. So, like you should have made that 
made that move a little earlier. Um, we'll see. Well, um, it, it's good for us. It's good for us to have some. Uh, oh hell yeah! To talk about it, they Wilson Huber found out about it in the middle of his interview the other day. Yeah, uh, I think it actually again was Chad was like, "Hey, did you did you hear about what is happening down? There's some NFL news out of Atlanta," and he was like, "Oh nine nine, I'm gonna have to call nine. And then he was like, "Oh, I guess he's four now, but he'll always four. be nine. He's like, "Awesome, I'm, I'm gonna have to send him a text message. I might call him." So. Yeah, those guys all. It's nice to see that that's still a, you know, that's kind of the the culture and whatnot that's been, for sure, implemented here. That they're, you know, he's still rooting for his guy. Yeah. Uh, so we had. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see how that goes for him. Oh, I can't wait. I mean, not that he has a ton of weapons or anything to. to use <laughs> no, they're. they're there, I mean, but... they're going to run the ball. They're not going to do anything different. But like, <clears throat> Mariota had like some of the worst accuracy on deep ball pass like they were just missing wide open throws and when you're a run heavy team <clears throat> you can't have a quarterback that's that's holding you back hmm. so uh i did want to point out looking at some stats from week 13 back in the nfl yeah the, the uc you know they tweeted out all the time and they right. did have Trav- travis kelsey four catches 56 receiving yards but they did not put one fumble yeah, the the most important. I mean, he literally had had his <laughs> his heart ripped out on that fumble, uh, and I know that this is jumping the Bengals talk, but I did see a lot of people who were kind of like uh, coming at Travis Kelsey because in his in, because in the New Heights uh, podcast, you know they they put clips of the podcast out. Yeah, and like the clip in the podcast was, uh, you know, Jason asked him about it. Obviously, yeah. he's like, what's up with the fumble? And he said, you know, kind of handed him one there. That's what and, they're always going to say. And, and, but people people took it as he was saying that, like, you know, he just, you know, whatever, handed the ball like it was not a good play by Pratt. But then he, like, continued after that to talk about how, you know, uh, he was fighting for extra yards and they reached in there and ripped it out. Yeah. So Travis is not – he's still not, like, not going to – He's not going to put a guy on a pedestal and be like, uh, "No, he what? thinks he thinks he should have held, held on to it." Of course, he's going to say that. Like, absolutely. Yeah. And then, any, any know, then there was that. there was more talk. Like, people were coming at him like, oh, "He doesn't do anything for UC. He never says anything great about UC." And I'm like, I had to, had to go in like there. The donation that he's giving right, them. The transformation, <laughs> what's described as a transformational donation for mental health and wellness and, and that kind of thing um, at, at UC. People just get very hung up on what school the player says on the uh, primetime games that they're from for some reason. <laughs> and, like, he, and it's silly. I mean, he, he like reps his high school, like. He doesn't forget where he came from kind of thing. Like, he's not, I don't know, it's silly. Uh, Travis Kelsey, the Kelsey brothers in general do, uh, it, like, incredible things for UC. The fact that they wear, I mean, they're literally one of the biggest podcast. They are the biggest sports podcast and one of the biggest podcasts in general. And they have a video portion of it. And they are frequently repping UC gear. So, like... For people to, to say that stuff, like what that does for the university, as far as like you know recruiting wise and all that kind of stuff, is it's wild it, how big their podcast is. Like 
I was, so good, I was listening to it this week, and they were like, <clears throat> talking about how they're like the third biggest one. They're like, yeah, I don't think we're going to catch the Joe Rogan experience. No. But, <laughs> but like, the... just the fact that <clears throat> they just started this, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and that they're talking football, which is a very, like, niche thing. Right. Like, you know, Joe Rogan has celebrity guests, whether they're comics or movie stars or educators or, like, you know, he has a guest over a huge spectrum of things and has like very long, like two to three hour in-depth conversations where you learn a lot. Like, so and a lot of people from all walks of life, from all interests can listen to that. We're like, there's very few, like very few people on the scale that are listening to a Travis Kelsey, you know, Jason Kelsey football centric podcast. And for them to become that big, that fast is, is wild. I don't know if they could have even, thought that it would do something like that they're they're just incredibly good at what they do like their ability to tell stories and relate things is just unbelievable it's a, and, it, and it's awesome that we can put a little tiny stake in it as you know bearcat fans and say like those are our guys uh doing that kind of thing and to, to listen to them talk it's a lot of fun absolutely so, alec pierce had another touchdown last week four catches 86 yards so Another good a, game. Another good game. That was game a hell of a catch too. Did Definitely. you see the, the replay of that? Yeah. Kind of a little. I mean, he went up and got that one. So we're used to seeing that here. So we got eleven guys that they're highlighting, scratching the in the stats. Um, you know, you got your Marquise Copeland's been playing a lot more for the Rams. He had two tackles. Kobe had five tackles. A quarterback had a pass defense. Sauce two tackles. A pass defense. Chris Moore had three catches for 46 yards. Eric Wilson back in the, in the league playing with two tackles, I think, for the Packers. Is that right? Uh, I uh, believe so. Um, but, yeah, and then we'll get Dez next week. and um, Derek another... Horst still doing his thing. Oh, yeah. Five tackles. Jerome Ford uh, back returning uh, kicks again. I think he's been back for a few weeks now. Yep. Uh, 48 return yards. Kobe Bryant, you already hit on him. Mike Boone had 26 total yards. For Jason a, Kelsey. Just a absolute dreadful Broncos team. I mean, <laughs> my God. I, mean, hey, I saw let, some stat, and I'm gonna let, I'm gonna ride, butcher I'm know? gonna butcher the stat, but like their game against the Ravens, they lost ten to nine in a game that the Ravens did not have Lamar Jackson for most of the game. And like since 1920 or some crazy year. Teams were 0 and 260 when they forced two turnovers, held a team to 10 points or less, and like some other stat. And now they're now teams are 1 and 260 because the Ravens won that game somehow. Uh, I, I, that, that's a uh, the Bengals would be situation. in first place in the division if they had just somehow beaten Brett Hundley or whoever their quarterback is. I don't even know who it is. Like. Uh, and and Lamar Lamar might be uh, like I've seen things like he's out next week too, like you know okay so now you're looking at at least two weeks. Do they have a bye this week or are they playing the? No, today? they're they're playing um, somebody terrible because their whole schedule is oh. terrible until they play the Bengals, the last game. But um, yeah, they play the Steelers. Actually, they could lose that game. <clears throat> it's in Pittsburgh. The, the Steelers have like 87 different quarterbacks they can run out there too. So like, mm-hmm. you know, and there's like no drop off cause they're all not good. 
But um, uh, we'll, we'll get out of here with, a little early today. We obviously don't have as much to talk about. We'll hit quickly on the Bengals, who uh, just beat the damn Browns, man. Just beat them. They've lost seven out of eight. The Browns are not good. Deshaun Watson was abysmal last week against a bad Texans team. I cannot think that he's going to be that much better, and he better not be against a good Bengals defense. So you better stop the run, and <clears throat> you better you just just win. Like they're the. I said this two weeks ago. I said it last week. We're the best team in the AFC right now. Oh, absolutely. The best team in the AFC does not lose at home to the Browns with Deshaun Watson make, making his second start in two years, looking the way that he did <clears throat> last week against a. Terrible, terrible, terrible Texans defense where, where they scored because they returned a punt for a touchdown and the Texans fumbled on their own two-yard line and the Browns picked it up and walked into the end zone. Like, the Browns' offense did nothing in that game. Uh, and James Palmer uh, said that he was he, – he tweeted out today that he was told that the Bengals actually uh, changed their offense in week five to give Joe Burrow more control over the adjustments – and that quarterback coach Dan Pitcher and uh, OC Brian Callahan have helped uh, the offensive evolution since then, and Cincinnati has gone uh, one, six of seven, and Burrow has now moved himself into the MVP race uh, since that that change to their offense. So, And I think you've kind of seen that. Yeah, I mean, they did, they went obviously. to much more shotgun, much almost exclusively shotgun, and really almost exclusively shotgun run which, you know, they were just very, very predictable. I mean, the joke was like, hey, it's second down and they're under center. What are they going to do? Oh, they're going to run the ball. Right. And they're just so, going to you know, yeah, do nothing special. Just With Jamar back for another week, um, My, you know, Miles Garrett has just given them fits every single game. So, And you've got P. To, Ryan and I think Mixon back this week. So Yeah, they just, just figure out a way to win. Get to 9-4. and four, Set yourself up for these, these last four games and – and make a run at the one seed because, like, with the win over the Chiefs, you know, if if they beat the Ravens, they've already got the tiebreakers on the Jets and the and the Dolphins. Dolphins. So, oh. like, if they win, they're gonna be the one seed because they'll have beaten. Assuming assuming those teams don't, you know, have just a better record, but like they'll have the tiebreakers over the Chiefs and the Bills if they if they beat the win those games. So they they are. Still playing for the one seed, which would be incredible. Yeah, with the the start that they that they had when everybody, like, <laughs> you know, everybody was coming out like, oh, it's a uh, is this the the you know they are certainly not having the Rams, uh, and I know the Rams are just like absolutely decimated with injuries to the point where they had to bring in a quarterback who had like thirty six hours to figure out a playbook, um, and somehow brought them to a victory, but. Um, like the the Rams are in a in a bad situation after the Super Bowl, and it looked like the Bengals the first two weeks might be heading into a a post Super Bowl slump, um, but they seem to have figured things out, and uh, once again, a lot of fun to be a Bengals fan. Yep. So I think that's that about covers it. <clears throat> we will uh, we'll have plenty of shootout reaction throughout the uh, week. Throughout the week, we'll have plenty more football stuff it's never you know it, it never ends anymore obviously we have the game saturday we'll be back sunday to recap that plus whatever new things shake out from recruiting 
But uh, thanks as always. Thanks as always for jumping in the live chat. Love answering your guys' questions. Please like, subscribe to our YouTube page, Twitter, Jeff, myself on Twitter, Verka Journal, listen on iTunes, all those good things. We really appreciate it. Thanks as always to our great sponsor in Royal Links Golf Tours. Getting, you know, it's still it's still not quite golf season, but we're getting we're getting oh, close. There was a, a cool golf match last night. There was. I watched a little bit of it. That that was that was fun. You know, golf under the lights, but. Uh, you know, hit hit up Hayden, hit up Jeff, get those get those awesome golf trips planned, and uh, we will see you back again next week. For I don't know if it's going to be the last edition. We're going to have to talk about that. But uh, with no more games to go, might be the last Bearcat brunch of the 2022 season. Yeah. So with that, we thank you and have a great Sunday, Cincinnati.